on this week's episode of Superhero Hour Hour. Will Colby Smulders nail her second comic book character? Will a certain doctor return some light to the Titans? Will the Fear the Walking Dead crew find a new home? All of that and more now! Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet that talks about every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. What, what? In the house. In the house. That's me now. In the house. Also with us, Ryan. Yet another improv bit where I'm unnecessary because it's the Taylor and Taylor show. <laughs> That's me. It's called In the House with Taylor and Taylor, and I hate it. In I'm just kidding. House. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite new improv bit. In the house. Also with us is Mike. It's just pure repetition improv. In the house. To, you're supposed to end at some point, right? No. Also end this. I, I never end. I never end. I'm always closing but never ending. You're thinking of sketch then. Clo- oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm Mr. SNL. I'm I'm the guy who's real racist, and I get all the properties. Would sketch be better if it had the America's Got Talent panel in front of every sketch that had like the buzzers where they could just end it mercifully? Oh, absolutely. Yes. The, I, there would be some weeks where SNL would just end immediately, <laughs> and you could just watch like I don't know reruns of Law and Order. What do they play after SNL? Who knows? Mad TV. Oh, yeah. You just put an episode of Mad TV on because there was never a bad sketch on Mad TV. Yeah, the- remember that one that uh, that guy who was on Buffy and then created Robot Chicken? He was just going around in a wheelchair pretending to be old. Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And see, that just that premise alone, there's no story. There's no arc. There's no ending. Like... <laughs> And I like I believe that Mike is remembering it correctly. He just went around and was old. Yeah, that was the whole thing. There, there was also like Stuart was a character who's just I'm I'm a I'm a large man who's pretending to be a child who got molested. But like all main characters, at at some point he arced and learned a thing or two, right? And then moved on to the next chapter of his story. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He learned so That's much. How sketches work. Yeah, he he learned how to get kidnapped. I think in one of them. In this new era of watching SNL, where it's not sit down for an entire 90-minute show, but cherry-pick what you heard was good. Oh, yeah, just watch the best stuff on YouTube. When you do that, you realize that, oh, my God, this one skit is eight and a half minutes long. (laughs) What the fuck is going on right now? Cut it. You got to fill 90 minutes. 25% of that, put that in. And sometimes it's a John Mulaney musical sketch, so it's fine. Yeah. But anything else, like, get that shit out of here. Yeah, if, unless there's a very good reason. It's like when they would do the Californians were like always eight minutes, but they would do like five of them in one segment. <laughs> they would just like save them up and just be like, hey, we're just going to do a bunch of these <laughs> just real fast. Was that insulting to you guys? Or at least you, Mike, being from California? Yeah, I, I hated how they pegged me looking at a mirror all the time. That's the most oppressed we've ever been. It really is the most spot on impression of Californians I've ever seen. Yeah, we're like parrots. You put a mirror in front of us, that's all we're going to do the rest of the day. And it's fucking bullshit, because look at you over there, Taylor. Californians, the people like me and Mike, not the skit, have never made fun of people from Texas. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're just sitting back there loving being made fun of us. Yeah, I love, I res- I love sitting on my high horse. I respect your third world culture. <laughs> How dare you? I did. I had a friend from Texas come visit. He was like... Uh, it says we should take Highway 91. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you put Highway in front of this. That's crazy. This is such a oh, fun time. And we just referred to everything as interstate and highway for the rest of the week. People love to fucking razz on each other's how we call highways different. You say the 25, fucking idiot. Well, yeah, no. I 25. We treat them like celebrities. Like, hey, I'm going to go hit the 405. 
That's I saw someone uh, posted a picture. It's like I got a picture of the double nickels on the dime, and <laughs> so like they got a picture of two signs of like the five and the four or five while on the ten. Wow. <laughs> What a what a tourist trap that is, <laughs> and, and I don't know why, but the, but that picture is my favorite thing that I like. I cannot stop thinking about it. Isn't that like a Minuteman album? What is Double Nickels on the Dime? <laughs> no, that sounds right. It sounds like it could be like a, a ska band. Uh-huh. <laughs> it could it could absolutely be like a dance move from two thousand four. It's not a ska band or a ska album. It's a ska last name of the lead singer. Yeah. This is Johnny Double Nickels on the Dime. It's definitely what guys in Miami in the middle of summer wearing giant jackets just whisper at you as you walk by. <laughs> double, double nickels on the dime. Well, speaking of big guys and big jackets, we're talking about Stumptown later. But before we get to that, the super serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're here in the super serious Shishi Bullpen. This is the part of the show where we kick back and have a little fun with some seggies. That's what I call segments. Uh, this week we're doing a little something called the Fall TV Preview. Ryan, tell us what that is. We're like a fucking, uh, what, like a TV guide? We're what? all like, get excited for Fall 88. TV guide? What is, what is that? Like a guide for TV? It's like, yeah, it's like uh, somebody took that uh, menu from your TV and they what? printed it and put it in a book. What's a, what's a menu on a TV? Like if you hit menu so you can find the channel that, like, imagine what's that. What's channel? If, if all of okay, the apps. you know your Roku? I don't. All those apps. I'm, I'm all Chromecast. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, Taylor's trying to make us sound old, but actually, he's just a moron. He just has no information about anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just very. I'm a stupid boy. So we've got eight new shows coming up, guys, in the next couple of weeks. Eight. No, shut that. Shut the no, fuck no. up. Get out. And it's all I of quit. our. It's all of our favorites. Um, luckily, we have three leaving next week because at least God doesn't God. hate us that much. Ugh. And we're gonna start off with the reason for the season, the flavor for the labor, Stumptown. Stumptown is based on a Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth comic. Kobe Smolders plays Dex, a Portland detective. And that's all we know. As of this recording, we're not even sure how many episodes there are for the season. We do know that at some point, that actor Mark Webber was replaced with Jake Johnson, who also portrayed Pop Filter Hall of Famer Nick Miller. Guys, Stumptown. We, listen, it's got a Pop Filter Hall of Famer in it, so I am sold on that. Uh, know nothing about the Stumptown comic or any of the people associated with it. It's real hard to talk about the show, seeing as what our next segment is. I know. show. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is that I am excited to watch this show with my roommate because he is from Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. And when I, and when I said to him, oh, I had to watch the season premiere of Stumptown, he said, I don't even know what that would be because the only thing I think of is Stumptown Coffee in Portland, Oregon. Is it related to Portland? And I said, Brent... <laughs> Buddy, I have very good news for you. That is exactly what it is related to. Uh, I love how we get the fucking exact transcripts of your nerdy conversations. Yeah, why edit this up or punch it up? <laughs> yeah, no. Taylor subscribes to the nonfiction writers. This is exactly what happened. I'm not going to make it more interesting. No. He's just like Kobe Smolders in Stumptown when she came on and she was like, Hi, I'm Kobe Smolders from the show Stumptown. I'm a private detective. I, do you guys think that the uh, amount of advertising for this show is going to hurt it? I haven't seen anything. Are you fucking I, serious? I have no way to get advertising. I'm not on Chromecast, so yeah, I don't see those commercials. <laughs> it is everywhere. Anytime I tried to watch The Bachelor, it was just all okay, over the place. Okay, I see. And that's well, on Hulu? That's how you're watching it? Yeah, on Hulu, streamed through Chromecast, Google Chromecast, $29.99 at Walmart. What are those like secret ads where people don't want commercials, but they're just like hidden within there? Is that what you're trying to do with our show? I mean, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of paid advertising. Subliminal. Yeah, unless you're thank you. unless you're advertising the album Forty Ounces of Freedom, and that's subliminal. I'm just why do you do this every week? Every I, week I try to be friends with you, and then you do this shit. Who is Mark Weber? Uh, I do, think do we know him. Yeah, he was. Um, he played a priest in something that I watched. Oh, what, okay, Fleabag? that guy. No, not Fleabag. Do you think he's very uh, Broadchurch? No, not Broadchurch. Uh, Young Pope. Oh, Smilf. It was Smilf. What the fuck is Smilf? Smilf. What is Smilf? That's that was America's Feely Bag a couple years ago. No, it was, yeah, no. it tried to be. That is a show that Ryan made up just now. There's no show called Smilf. Now that Smilf's off the air, can we switch my nickname to America's Fleabag? <laughs> yes. That's yes. what we've been saying. 
So do you think, is there a cut like that guy who got cut from Back to the Future and we see how bad he is and how great Jake Johnson is? Oh, sure. When Stumptown becomes as iconic as Back to the Future, <laughs> I'm sure we will see all of those uh, flashback shows. Uh, guys, uh, I want to get off Stumptown because I just got off yours because we're going to talk about this soon. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to ask you any more questions about it. The Supergirl showrunner described the fifth season as the Black Mirror season. Focusing on people disengaging with other people because of technology. We've also got the leaving of James Olsen and the leaving of the super skirt. Guys, Supergirl pants. Supergirl pants? <laughs> Supergirl pants? Okay. What is this, 1965? <laughs> Listen, I thought that this was going to be something very boring to me, but you said Supergirl pants. <laughs> I am all on board. I want to see Supergirl in pants. I'd wear those. And like, yeah, sure. Whenever she was just Kara, she would wear pants all the time. But she's not Supergirl wearing pants. Right. I, I hate to. Mean? Are they like harem pants? Do they have that saggy crotch near your knees? Yes, that's the best way to superhero. Uh, I hate to be that liberal, you know, that kind of liberal. But I will ask, why didn't we get rid of the skirt like six seasons ago? You know, like I'm glad that it's pants now, but she had been wearing a very short skirt for this entire time. Oh yeah, it's it seems like they were finally just like we've been on the the air enough. Like people aren't going to just like jump ship because we, she doesn't have a skirt anymore. We can give her. Yeah, pants. and we're probably worried about the nerds being like, "That's not what she wore in the comics," even though she never wore that giant red headband from the eighties. Yeah, I think that was the entire the entire point of doing all of the like very like forward progressive stuff the earlier seasons is just drive away anyone who would be upset by the switch from the skirt. It was a long game and you know what? Five years. I I fucking appreciate it. As soon as ratings get to zero point zero, we're gonna make this move. Uh, I I do hope that James Olsen takes her skirt, sniffs it like a creep and runs out of the show. Like and that's how we lose both of them. That would be the, the most fitting way for his character to leave the show, I feel. I hope that James Olsen is walking out of the Daily Planet and does that whole like uh, last episode of Cheers or all those shows where he's like takes one look and turns off the lights, but it's episode four of the season. <laughs> and everybody's like, "What the fuck, dude? Hey, come on, we have a job to do." Like, like the beginning of the next episode, someone just comes over and turns the lights back. And I was like, "Fuck that guy! We were still in here." It's either that or pull out his balls and say, "Look at these Olsen twins," and then run away. Fucking! I swear to God, why, Taylor? Why are you happy that Supergirl's coming back? Um, I don't know, because it, it's, it, I like when they team up with the other shows, and then they make uh, Legends of Tomorrow look better. <laughs> and Mike, why are you happy? Uh, I'm happy to once again see Melissa Benoist be the best actress on television. Not even nominated for best actress for the shishies. That's crazy. It's crazy. She's consistently the best. Uh, Taylor, what are you, why are you sad that Supergirl's coming back? Um, because, uh, it's another show that we have to watch that is, like, right in the middle and not very good. Okay, you can't use that one for all of these, though. You know that, right? Yeah, no, I'm gonna use it. it. I'm gonna use it just for Supergirl, I promise. Mike, why are you sad that Supergirl's coming back? I can't deal with a whole other season of her debating whether it's better to be Kara or to be Supergirl. She needs to fucking be fine with being both of them. Every goddamn season. And is a Black Mirror comparison, is that okay? Or is Black Mirror just way out of the show's league? That is going, yeah. to, that is going to bite them so badly. Unless we see John Cryer fuck a pig. Oh my god. definitely the Black Mirror season of Supergirl. I, Cryer I, like a pig? Cryer like a pig. Cryer like a pig, boy. <laughs> the sixth season of The Flash will be divided into two parts, each with their own big bad. The first big bad, blood work. <laughs> Barry finds out he has a sickness. <laughs> and he has to go get blood work done. We'll be played by Sinhil Ramamurthy, who played Mohinder Suresh on Heroes. Oh, nice. Remember Mohinder Suresh? Do you remember yes. Heroes? Do you remember heroes? heroes? We should have a podcast about Heroes. Oh, God, no more podcasts. <laughs> what, what would it be called? The Superhero Hour? hour? <laughs> yeah, we'll chop one off. <laughs> Wait. That's the tagline. <laughs> That's- we'll chop one off. Uh, so, okay, so blood work doesn't sound great. It sounds like a 1980s German dance band. <laughs> <laughs> what the what, Who the fuck is blood work? But here's what I do like. Two parts, two different big bads. Yes. You know, please understand that you do not have any villains that could take 22 episodes. Chop that. Chop one off. It's great. One of one of the villains can be blood work, and the other one can be a guy that runs fast. And, <laughs> and we've got both. We knocked them both out. Oh, also, blood work can run real fast. But <laughs> of course, he can. He's got to slowly fight Barry. He's got to get those results within thirty-seven hours. 
I don't know why 37 was the number I went for. 36 That's was right. Quick. 36 was right there. I no, think, but you thought about when's the last time I went to the doctor? How long did it take them to give me my results? 37 hours. 37. <laughs> but it's still him running around from machine to machine. He can run fast. The machines still work normal. Oh. So thanks for getting to the machine quickly, bud. But you still have to watch that blood spin around well, really fast. Little no fact, at least 10% of the time makeup of those tests is just people walking back and forth to the testing <laughs> station. slow and sad. Yeah. So I, if you can cut down that 10%, you've got like a 90% of the time is all you have left. I would say that... <laughs> let's just move on, Mike. Uh, I would say that the Flash holds the superhero hour hour record of greatest fall. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sure. From uh, most beloved to least beloved. When you guys hear a new season is coming back, do you at, because Taylor, you sort of have this with The Walking Dead. Like, yeah. I'm going to get in and this is going to be the one. Do you guys have anything like that for The Flash? I used to. I think two seasons in a row, it just burned me. And it uh, there's never been anything where they're like, we have a new showrunner to like bring me back in. So, that, eh. how fast did that showrunner go? <sighs> Mike, do you have any uh, excitement for this? Uh, no, it's, I, I like when he hangs out with Ollie and or Kara, so, but you could just keep him in the CW greater universe and ditch his show, and I like Caitlin Snow, but no. So you want him to be like a Punisher, like, maybe yes. don't lead your own thing, but always pop up in everybody else's. Pop up? You're fast. You should be able to pop up in everybody's thing. Taylor, why are you happy that The Flash is coming back? Um, I like, I like to see what new wells they give us. I, I like to see when they go back to that wells. See, and you get mad at Ryan. I love that, and I appreciate that in you as a person, Taylor. Maybe write down what I just said and say <laughs> no. it back to me. <laughs> nope, never going to happen. Mike, why, why are you stoked The Flash is coming back? Uh, I'm stoked because, Barry, once again, everybody's going to tell him he's always happy, and we will never see proof of that ever. And I like holding those two things in my head at the same time. Taylor, why are you sad? Um, I'm sad because it's not good anymore. And I remember every time I watch an episode of The Flash, I think, this used to be a show that I enjoy, and now it's like a sad husk. It's like seeing one of your grandparents who's gone through Alzheimer's. And like, there's nothing here that I love anymore, but I still have to visit you. And you can say that right to them because they won't remember. Yeah. Mike, why are you sad? Uh, that, yeah, that we have to watch any fucking minute of this show. We probably will have to watch an episode or two. And there's not going yeah. to be any Brain Man in this one. Is no that Brain Man? No Brain Man. That's the Flash's Modoc from last season? Yeah. Just float around on a little chair? Mr. Chairman. Float Doc. Bring me a, bring me a, a Bream. <laughs> I wish you had a brain so bad. Although we don't know that much about the plot of the first season of Batwoman, we know a lot about what's going on before. Ruby Rose deactivated her social media accounts after she was cast as she was attacked for not being Jewish, like the comics Kate Kane, and others attacked her for being gender fluid, which wasn't seen as the necessary amount of gay you need in order to portray lesbian Kate Kane. Guys, what do we do with all this? Uh, I like you're going to get attacked by the left and the right. What a, what a great place to be. I, I think what I've discovered is that the internet fucking sucks and we need to just not listen to it anymore. Turn it off. Turn off the internet. Just shut it down and we'll make do with newspapers again. Is there a big plug somewhere where we could just do that? I have, in the a, bottom of the Marianic Trench. It, it's a big butt plug. <laughs> cool. I have to. I have to, guys. And I, I love going out on limbs like this. I have to assume that this was, if this was a male Batman character, Batman-related character, some of this stuff would not be happening. Oh, what yeah. What are you saying? That the internet <laughs> is meaner to women than to men? That's what I found out. That is not what I've been learning on 4chan. <laughs> yeah, cite your sources, sir. <laughs> Our uh, dabbling with Kate Kane so far has not been great. It was in last year's crossover. Yeah. And Ruby Rose it doesn't, doesn't seem like she had found the character yet. Yeah, my, my biggest issue with this is that she's not a good actress. I don't know what she's famous for. Is it being a, an Australian I, person? I, I truly think she's famous for looking like Ruby Rose mm-hmm. and appearing in things and being kind of badass. The things that I remember her being in, um, the most recent uh, Resident Evil film, the most recent Triple X film, end of list. And then uh, she was a sort of like troublemaker slash love interest, like two or three Orange is the New Black seasons ago. Oh, she was yeah. She a scientist in the Meg, which was the most ridiculous part about the Meg. So she sort of plays the same character in every role. Uh, real quick, before we bounce on Batwoman, um, her father is played by Doug Gray Scott. Do you guys know who that is? Um, 
Is that Doug, middle name Ray, last name Scott? No. Doug Ray is one name. He's not from the South. He's from England. So Doug Ray is his first name. Oh, He's what, supposed to be what's Wolverine. up, love? He was supposed to be Wolverine. That is correct. Oh, it's me, Doug He's Ray that Scott. Guy from Back to the Future. Um, he got signed to be Wolverine in the first X Men movie, and John Woo was like, actually, I need like two more weeks of reshoots on Mission Impossible 2. And so he had to turn down the role, and Hugh Jackman blew up, and Doug Ray Scott is on a CW show. Yeah. I'm That's sure he's happens. fine with that. Taylor, why are you happy the Batwoman's coming out? Uh, I'm excited to see if they like took the considerations from her appearance in the crossover and made something better out of the character. I'm, I'm excited to see this character on screen, and hopefully it's a good show. Mike, happy? Uh, I, her and Kara were the best part of the crossover, and I'm excited to see our generation's version of the world's finest. Taylor, why are you sad that Batwoman's coming out? Uh, because... She hadn't quite found it on the the crossover, and I'm worried. I don't know what the fuck Mike is talking about. Yeah. She was bad. I'm, I am worried that this is going to be a real stinker of a show. I'm hoping to be proven wrong. Mike, sad? It's Ruby fucking Rose. What's there to be happy about? All right, well, that is all for this segment of Fall TV Preview. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll check in with a little bit more later. Who knows? What, what could we possibly have up our sleeve? When did oh. Dame Edna get in here? Hello. Uh, now we're going to move on to our main event, the series premiere of Stumptown. On the series premiere of Stumptown, Kobe Smolders, a silly name, plays Dex. <laughs> A, a wisecracking, fast-talking ex-military interrogator with some demons to wrestle and a real bad gambling problem. That gets her roped into rescuing the daughter of a dead man she once loved, but ends up only making things worse. Never one to give up, she keeps on the case even after it seems to be resolved and ends up saving the girl and the day with a couple of cheerly soundtrack fights and conversations with Nick Miller along the way. Taste buds, I ask you this. This show is stupid and dumb, but is it in a good way? That's a good question, and I think so. I think you brought up the perfect example because the uh, Dex has this shitty car with a tape deck. Yes, and the the whole episode is just the most poorly scored, poorly soundtracked uh-huh. episode of anything. It's just so basic. It's all the songs that you expect. Yeah, just like every other show is. But we wrote it into the script of why that's right. happening. She's got a mixtape from the mid-80s stuck in her car. And so every time the car lands in a weird way, we get some way overplayed, shitty, cheesy song. Yeah. Yeah, I love that it jumps around. It's not like, oh, you'll hear more of Sweet Caroline. It's like, no, here's three songs later on the mixtape because we think that's how cassette tapes might work. And I love the fact that the other show that does something like this is Umbrella Academy. And both had in their yes. pilot. I think we're alone. I think we're alone now. now yeah, <laughs> that's the new pi- that's the new pilot superhero song. If we're going, I think we're alone now. Do I think I, we're alone now? Pound for pound, nothing's going to beat the Umbrella Academy. They should have switched that song out. Yeah. Probably, yeah. It's uh, my notes for this show begin with, huh? An ABC, ABC show with this opening, and then oh no, it's written like an ABC show. <laughs> that's I think. Yeah, it really is. That's, I think, the hardest part is um, separating the extreme, extreme pilotitis that this show has. It's a, a, a constant information dump. Yes. Mm-hmm. But now it's done. And so I'm trying to think about how good the second episode could be with the tone of the first, but with all of that out of the way. Right. It's, there's so many good ideas in this episode. This episode delivers on none of them. But there's so much, like ripe for the picking here what would you say that is i i really like that they have a like native american casino where they are like playing with like we're sovereign we don't like deal with the cops that is an interesting ground for like story but also very tv only in tv and movies do actual native americans run native american casinos oh yeah Uh uh-huh um, but I think that is a an interesting thing and a thing that most people don't think about when they think of Portland, Oregon. Like, right. I, I feel like that is interesting. And there's not a whole lot of shows set in Portland, so like maybe they can do something interesting there. I do like the character of Dex, except for when she's speaking. <laughs> if that <laughs> well, makes sense. Kobe Smolders is so charming that she really 
does so much for this Jessica Jones light character. Yeah. And I, I like Nick Miller. I like their back and forth. I, I do not remember his character name, and I'm not going to call him Jake Johnson because this character is just Nick Miller. And it's important to point out that uh, typically we'll put real people in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Jake Johnson is not in the Pop Filter Hall of no. Fame. Nicholas Miller is. Nicholas Miller is. This is Nick Miller if he had self-confidence. He just successfully opened a bar and is giving out advice to people. Yeah. And there's the other detective who is uh, Slapjack or whatever his name is from Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, one of the most handsome men who's ever been alive? Yes. Into that. I mean, like, part of, like, some of my furniture in my bedroom where I watched this is destroyed because his piercing eyes came through the screen and burnt my furniture. It's, it's those eyes, that fucking jawbone. It is, it is insane the way that this man looks. It shouldn't be allowed. I think he was on a Fox show a couple years ago called, like, Perfect Human or something like that, where yeah, it was yeah. about, like, clones and stuff. And they were like, all right, so we have to go cast the perfect human. And they did it. Yeah, they were like, we found this guy, so he is the perfect human. And it makes perfect sense, because just look at him. His name's Michael Ely, I think. Yeah, Michael Ely. Uh, what would you guys say were the worst moments for you of, I- of the pilot? It is hard to not get past the info dump where her brother's like, I know that you're a veteran in Afghanistan with PTSD, but oh. you're still very nice to me. Like, every line from everybody was that bullshit. And this is a brother with Down syndrome. Yes. So, uh, and she was in the war. She has PTSD. Um, and then she also has a drinking problem and a gambling problem. And it's just all of it. And I read the comic, and it's all in there. But not delivered at this pace. It's the the moment that I went from, I think I might like this show, to, oh no, was the moment where she had that conversation with the guy trying to hit on her in the bar. Yes. Uh-huh. Where she does the, the thing that I fucking, I cannot stand anymore. You see, I'm a detective, and I'm a detective, and I'm a detective, and I'm a detective. Let me read a bunch of facts about you that I observed and let you know that I am not taking any bullshit. I fucking, I listen, after we already did enough Sherlock fucking Holmeses, do not give me any more of your deductive reasoning bullshit to show me how you're a smart, capable person. I don't need it. Don't, don't give it to me. Especially because it did feel like she was reading all of it off a whiteboard off screen. Oh, like yeah. It was the least acting she did. Yeah, it was. We're, it, and we're supposed to learn everything about the character right there. It felt like they did that scene after they had just done like a 16 hour day on set and they're like, hey, I, we just need this. We got a note from the studio and it has to be done today. For sure. And it's, that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping goes away after the pilot. That sort of thing in other parts. And yeah, like, I will take your flippant comment, Taylor, about how you don't think women should have speaking roles in TV. <laughs> And talk about that. That's not what I said. When she's not talking, uh, she's getting the shit kicked out of her. Like, I've never seen a main character on a network TV show get this beat up. And she's got Dex in general in social situations and private eye situations is a cockroach. And, like, that's what I I love the most is that, like, she cannot be defeated. Yeah. She's Joan Jett McClain. Yeah, and I'm I'm all about it. Like that that part of it is great. It's when she's just delivering lines about who she is. I'm like, come on, I don't get that out of the way. My especially for a detective show, there's going to be mysteries. Let us wonder what her connection to Benny is or what her issues were. Like, there's so many things they could have parsed out over a season that would have been like, oh fuck. But instead, oh, all in the pilot. Okay, okay. I do love the juxtaposition, too, though, of her sitting in that bar in a very hacky, very poorly written scene, dressing down a guy who's trying to uh, pretend like he's a soldier. And then that's when she's off work. And then when she is working, she's the kind of detective who will say, hey, give me your phone. And the person says no. And then she drives around a corner and then runs and grabs it, (laughs) screams yoink, and says, I'm a detective. (laughs) She's definitely less smooth in her job than she thinks she is. Those moments are bits where I was like, I think I might like this show. (laughs) I'm sort of in the Ryan camp where I'm like, I think maybe after the pilot, this show will get good. But there's another, I'd say like, 55% 55% of my brain is dedicated to thinking this is a Whiskey Cavalier that we are oh, supposed wow. to watch. Like, this is a Whiskey Cavalier we have made ourselves watch. Such harsh words. Do you want to get in a fight with Stumptown and the creators thereof? Right, well, listen, Stumptown Coffee, I would love to have a sit down and have a chat. 
That's the thing that the Supergirl thing was missing is that it's sort of Black Mirror meets Whiskey Cavalier. That's the sort of show that we're making right now. Do you think that after this show gets canceled, Kobe Smulders will now go back to The Walking Dead? Was she on it? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I figure that's where everybody ends up. Yeah, any any time a Whiskey Cavalier type scenario gets canceled, <laughs> someone comes back to The Walking Dead. Um, the hack tag, the thing that everybody is saying, people are liking this show. Like, critics are saying, this is okay. And I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> They're liking it. They're saying, it's fine. Yeah. I think it's part um, desperation for anything on network TV to be marginal. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that everyone is saying is, Kobe, Smolders, Smolders. Mm. Do you guys think that she is enough to, like, keep this on for a little longer? Is she doing a good job? I think that, if, for the most part, she is doing a good job. If they, if the writers give her less just rote expository stuff to do, I think Kobe Smulders has the ability to take this character. That and, I think, that they have enough style in the show that she can pull off. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this show. It's better than The Flash. How do you feel about looking at it's ABC, so we're staring at 24 episodes probably this season? I, I do think, like I mentioned this in the last segment, but I do think it's very strange that we do not know right now what the episode order is. I've, I looked so hard. It seems like ABC is hedging their bets where they don't want to announce that they have all of these episodes. So is it like the whole cast and crew, like every Monday morning gets a call and is like, all right, let's do one more. They're like, okay, fourth episode, here we go. Right now, three are listed on every website. Yeah. Gig economy, man. That's, I think that they ABC was probably they've probably got some more in the can. I would say that they have at least eight filmed, and then depending on the reception, because they have put a lot of money into advertising. I know you guys said earlier you hadn't seen any, but it is everywhere. Everywhere I go, they're like I just see Stumptown ads on Instagram. They are like anytime you watch any t- like television shows, like Stumptown's coming on ABC. Do like, they still do that thing where like uh, at the very bottom of the screen a little kobe smolders walks on yeah it's like gives a thumbs up and it says stump town (laughs) yeah they they, they just drive the car through and throw like some old coffee out to revisit a very old school superhero hour hour conversation do you how badly do you guys want this pilot to be the only one and done and the rest of the season is one story or do you guys think that this would work better as a one and done every week I have such a special place in my heart is in the first season of a show, do one and dones while slowly building Justified. the big stuff. Yes. Justified, X-Files, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, great shows do this. Because the one and dones are so important, one and a herb, for us to get to know the characters. The minute you throw them in a story, I'm like, I don't really give a shit yet. And it's, but- g- it's good, too, because people typically don't watch first seasons. They will Netflix or Hulu entire seasons later. Yeah. Um, and if you go... Um, but sometimes people will like tune in in the fifth episode. If you go um, giant season long arc right away, they'll tune in, in the fifth episode and be like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right. When you just said season long arc, I thought about from this pilot, like if they just jumped in episode two into a season long arc, I'm not watching this show. They I do, don't care. The first, I, I read all the comics. The comics are awesome. It's Greg Rekka who, like, his thing is. Um, sort of like bisexual women, which they did not touch on in this episode. Like, she is very hetero. Uh, But the comics decks is bisexual, leaning more often towards girls uh, in, like, these eight-issue mysteries. And they dabbled in it in the first one because the first comic book series is about uh, smuggling coffee and how important that is to Portland specifically. And what we get in this episode is the two criminals having a... Like, they're dirty, fucking sleazy guys, yeah. clearly bad guys, having a very sophisticated coffee conversation. It's That opening scene that. is arguably, or probably inarguably, the best scene of this pilot Oh, episode. for sure. Because it's got these two guys who are, we realize very quickly, are fucking scumbags. And they're like, I'm going to say an Ethiopian. Uh, no, 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 it's Kenyan, my friend. And those two dudes look exactly like everyone else in Portland. <laughs> So it's like, who they knows? Look like Negan's rejects. Yeah. Which is also what Portland looks like. Straight up, the guy in the passenger seat looks exactly like Dwight from The Walking Dead. I thought Dead. it was Dwight. Um, that first scene is uh, seems more expensive than anything you could ever have on ABC. And yeah. also, I think, sums up Dex perfectly because she's lucky enough to find the fire extinguisher in the trunk. 
smart enough to uh, she's stuck in a trunk while these two guys are driving her around. She smart enough to use it to like uh, capture them, but also not always great. Like perfect action heroes are always great at everything. She gets them to a point where like they're blinded by the fire extinguisher, but then runs out of moves. So starts throwing like empty plastic bottles at their head and that sort of deck style, you know? And I do, I do appreciate that she's then also guiding him because his hands are on the steering wheel as she chokes him with the safety belt, and she's like, "Car, watch the car. Yeah, watch the car. car. We're trying to kill." Because now they're all in, like they're all in on this. Like <laughs> yeah. they all have to survive now. And also because it's her car that they're driving. <laughs> That's true. So yeah. It's the only thing. Yeah, she, she doesn't want him to wreck it. Uh, so based on this pilot episode, are you guys gonna watch season, season or episode two? Taylor, I got fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I I happened to watch this late last night with my wife. Oh, no. And she said, I like it. Let's keep going. Oh, no. So I might be in for the long haul, bud. Ryan, buddy, that's (laughs) such a bummer for you. No, but I'm not not sad about it. I would rather watch this than legit like half the shows that we have. Yeah. Mike? Uh, I'll roll before this. I'm so excited because my wife watched it with me as well, and she's like, Nobody had superpowers. And I once again had to explain to her what this show does. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just so, it's so different. Even if it's the same as other ABC shows, it's so different from what we watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll give it the four and figure out if it figures itself out. Mike will give it four. I'll give it three. I'll, I'll give it I'll, two. I'll, I'll, I'll one up you. Uh, all right. Well, Stumptown is on ABC. You've probably seen ads for it, and if not, it's on abc.com. Go watch the pilot. Tell us what you think. Or don't. Whatever. Watch some of it. Now, we're going to move on to a little something extra. Now, we're here in a segment called A Little Something Extra. This time, we're doing just the second part of Fall TV Preview. I told you that we were going to do some more. We're doing some more right now. The extra is that you have an extra ball on the table. Usually, it's just the one. Yep. Now, I've got, both of your nuts are on the table. I've got... Oh, no. The, these, are, uh, these are not my nuts. These are just... Um, I, you know the truck nuts? Uh-huh. I got those from a human. Oh. And I, and I just dangle these out sometimes. So Wait, they're oh. somebody else's nuts. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're human nuts. That I, were I'm, on a truck. Yeah. I can't... I'm, you can staple them to your truck. I'm not going to put a truck's nuts on my body. That's stupid. I got to get like a, a ones from a human. Yes. It's a joke. You guys don't understand comedy. That's true. All of this is true. The 10th season of The Walking Dead is all about the war with the Whisperers. It's also Denai Guerra's last season as Michonne. That is uh, legit heartbreaking for me, mostly because Michonne is now sort of the centerpiece of the show. So I guess it will now just be the Carol and Daryl show. <laughs> Which, <laughs> in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> Uh, but I am, I am very, and I know that I'm a stupid, stupid boy. I'm very yep. excited for season 10. Season nine was very good. Once they got through with the, like, we have to get rid of Rick bits. Uh, the, the healthiest snack in zombie <laughs> land. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, they, they started the season and were like, Hey everybody, we were all addicted to these Rick bits. <laughs> We've got to get rid of them. Uh, but now that they've got, once they got through with that, I felt like season nine was very good, and they figured out how to write these. Very good. It was very good, and they figured out on a on a scale, like on a sliding scale, or very good for. I TV? think it was very. I think it was. I think it was good for TV. I think it was very good for one of our shows. I mean, we call it peak TV, and I call this peak TV because it's so scary. I peek through my fingers and try to watch it. God damn it! Uh, but season nine was very good. This season, I hope that it maintains what they did. I'm worried a little bit. (laughs) Why don't they just end? Ten years is too long for anything. TV shows, school, a marriage. Mike feels about The Walking Dead as I feel about the baby boomers. (laughs) Well, I I think they're coming up on the end at this point because the comics are now over. Mm. That's interesting because they said that this takes place in issue 145. So, like, we have an actual point. And so there's only like 30 issues left, maybe. Yeah. And then uh, Negan, remember his name? Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, he was like, oh, I think that The Walking Dead could go on forever, like until we run out of material, like two or three more seasons, which is, that's not forever, Jeffrey not Dean forever. Morgan. But um, at a certain point, they will hit the Game of Thrones past the book. Yes. And I don't know what they do there, but they seem to think that this is more, this is closer to like 60 minutes than a TV show. Like, we'll always have stories to tell. 
Yeah, and I based on what they've sort of been doing with it, I I think I could see that. Like especially now that they have Fear the Walking Dead as a template for other things to do. And Walking Dead babies are coming. Yeah. So I honestly, I could see them doing it. I don't want them to. I think if they nailed this last season, maybe cut it. <laughs> like maybe maybe end it like go out on a high note cuz you had like 3 seasons that sucked real bad. 3 just three. That's I'm be, I'm being very generous with that three. Do you guys know? Uh, speaking of three Walking Dead shows, do you guys know that uh, there are three Chicago Blink shows on NBC? Oh yes, I'm and, aware. And they're all back to back to back on Wednesday yes. nights. Uh, there's there's a wow. whole, three hours of Chicago shows. There, there's, do you want to learn about Chicago? There's also several shows: uh, The Good Doctor, mm-hmm. The Good Fight, Good the, the Good Wife, Good Place, The Good Place, The Good and Plenty. The uh, there's another one. There's one more, and they're all in the same universe. Little known fact. They don't address. It is a little known. They fact. don't address each other, but they're in the same universe. Um, Taylor, why are you stoked that The Walking Dead is coming back? Because it is a, a lot of the shows that we watch are more fun to watch. This is one of the few shows that shoots for a high dramatic bar. And last oh my season, God. last season, I felt like it sort of hit some of it. I am excited if they pull this off for next season. <laughs> Mike, why are you happy Walking Dead is coming back? We're going to get one or two pretty fucking cool set pieces. End of excitement. Over an entire season. Yes, over an entire season. There will be two things that happen and we go, oh, cool. Taylor, why are you sad that The Walking Dead is back? I have been down this road so many times. <laughs> it, uh, they, have fooled, they have fooled me so many times and said, hey, we've got a new showrunner. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to hop in, and it'll be good for like a half season, and then it'll be worse than it ever was. And I am so scared that they are going to hurt me again in this season 10. Mike, why are you sad? Uh, they still refuse to cross over the Zombieland, and that's the only way to make these two franchises exciting again. Zombieland, double tap? Double tap! The third season of Black Lightning starts off a month and a half after the end of season two. Most of the season will focus on Jefferson and Lynn doing everything they can to keep their daughters out of the impending war with the villains of Markovia. That's right. Black Lightning is fighting a made-up Eastern European country. <laughs> Guys, but you know what? I, I was rolling my eyes through most of this description of Black Lightning. You, when you bring in Markovia, I am sold. I want to see what these people do fighting a made-up Eastern European country. You come at Markovia, you best not miss. I mean, this was the MCU's downfall, right? Yes. When we were dealing with... The Sokovia Accords? Sokovia. And now Markovia is here. And th- I thought that this show was known for like being this like kind of like cool, tight-knit family drama. Nope. Taking on a country is different than that. That's it. That, it's so weird to be like street-level superheroes that are going to break the Geneva Conventions yeah. and international law to fight it's, a country. It, there's a lot of uh, talk on this show about these shows that we watch, listening to our show, and taking notes. <laughs> this feels like they took all of the notes we said about Black Lightning. We're like, we're going to scrap all of that. We're not going to do any of that shit. All we said was, you were the Def- wire, be the wire again. Yeah. It, it was... Defiantly obstinate is how they're well, It was just, we really like all of the parts that, like, aren't them doing superhero stuff. We like when they're just a small family. Oh, they're Jefferson like, and Lynn in the living room talking? Yeah. That's where this show shines. It is incredible. This show was like, you know what? You know what we need? We need a dude whose name is, like, Vlad. And he's going to have, like, a whole, he's going to have a whole fucking army. And he's going to invade. It's going to be a whole fucking war, man. Guys, Matter Eater Vlad is coming to town. We have to stop him. <laughs> He's an exchange student. Uh, Taylor, why are you happy that Black Lightning's coming back? It's Black Lightning is is a fine show, and I I, I I'm hoping that they still have more of that good good family goodness that I appreciate out of Black Lightning. Some of that good good. That good good. Mike, why are you happy? Yeah, we're gonna get some great Lynn and Jefferson couch conversations, and who I, I wish my parents were like them, and so I like. Having a you, model you wish your people. parents were like them, as in divorced? Like, please finally just get divorced. Yep. <laughs> Taylor, why are you sad that Black Lightning's coming back? Remember when you uh, told me that there was a place called Markovia? <laughs> um, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the one. Hello, I am from Markovia. Black Lightning. <laughs> in Markovia, Lightning Black's you. <laughs> Mike, why are you sad? 
I, I can't. I'm so sad to have Taylor yet again rubbing our faces. How we oh, yeah. said this was like the it was Greg though, right? Or no, sad fallen brethren? No, it was Greg. It was it was a something. universal. No everyone way. In the room, There's no way. Everyone in the room nodded and was like, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah, this is like the wire <laughs> in many ways." Raising Dion is a nine episode Netflix series based on a comic book by Dennis Liu. Raising Dion follows the story of a woman named Nicholas Nicole Reese who raises her son Dion after the death of her husband Mark. Ovia. The normal dramas of raising a son as a single mom are amplified when Dion starts to manifest several magical superhero-like abilities. Nicole must now keep her son's gift secret with the help of Mark's best friend, Pat, and protect Dion from antagonists out to exploit him while figuring out the origin of his abilities. Guys, there's a Netflix show coming real quick before you start talking. It is executive produced and starring one, Michael B. Jordan. What? The B. Jords? The B. Jords. <laughs> Uh, okay, I I was mostly not sold until you said Michael B. Jordan would be involved. Uh, this sounds like a, a slam dunk. He can do no wrong in my eyes. It's weird because Stumptown was coming out, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to wow Taylor and Mike with the fact that I read Stumptown. I have never heard of this shit before. Nope. No. No? So is it is it like boom comics or even smaller? Like it's, they're, they're really going down low? For sure, yeah. Is he, and this is, his, is he super into comics? He was the human torch, right? Yes. And he was Killmonger. Yep. So third uh, comic book character. Look at him. Well, the first Human Torch set <laughs> be all of them. Of get yeah. As many comic just, book just roles get as in. Possible. Just get in there. That's the key to success. Get in there. And then Taylor, on an episode of a podcast that I'm on that get I'm not allowed it. to tell you the name of, uh, Mike and I figured out that Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, is at six. He's at six comic book characters at this point. Wow. So I think I, he holds the record. How? I cannot wait till Michael B. Jordan, Chris Evans, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are all in the same comic book thing together. That is that is far too many comic book people for one person to be. I I am now very excited about this. This feels like uh what was that uh like Brightburn? Brightburn. With the with the like kid who was all fucked up. It, <laughs> it, it, it feels like that. Evil Superman by James Gunn. Yeah, it it feel it feels like that, but like less uh, creepy and probably executed slightly better. The other thing it reminds me of, barely, like just barely, is End of the Fucking World, where this comic book that we had never heard of, like sort of snuck on the radar and was great. You yeah. know, it maybe this is great. Maybe. What's the movie by the guy who did Shotgun Stories and? Remember with Michael Shannon? Nichols. Ben Nichols. It's, uh, nope. Not Ben Nichols. Mike, ben Nichols is his, Mike Nichols' brother. What was that fucking movie? Bright Eye. The, I can see the poster with the kid with glowy eyes. Bright Eyes? Oh, god damn Connor it. Connor Bright Eyes. Uh, <laughs> you guys talk, and I'll look it up. Uh, it wasn't Mud. I'm still awake in It morning. wasn't Mud, but that's the guy. It wasn't, Jeff, it wasn't Loving. Jeff Nichols. What? What the fuck are you guys talking don't about? Keep talking. We're talking about Jeff Nichols. Oh yeah, two nickels on the dime. <laughs> I get it. Hey, oh, we're talking about the two nickels on the yeah, dime. Yeah, Johnny. What's the next line in that song? Uh, Johnny, two nickels on the dime, and I'm coming for your mime. I'm Mr. Kind, and I like to rhyme. All I'm asking is that you guys continue the show <laughs> while I look for stuff, and this is how you guys are doing it. How are you so? This is how we how are you the show? so slow at googling <laughs> this? So You're the so thing old. that I Don't the thing me. that I love about comic books is that they are books. Shut up! Pictures. Midnight Special. The this show reminds me of the the movie oh, Midnight this Special. Is, this is another Midnight Run scenario. Yeah, this is the sequel to Midnight Run. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sure that this also very truly exists. Uh huh. Idiots. Uh, Taylor, why are you happy about raising Dion? Uh, my, Michael B. Jordan. He's he's Michael's B. and Jordan. Michael's B. Jordan. Mike, why are you uh, excited about raising Dion? Nine episodes. Yeah, for yes. sure. Taylor, why are you sad? Why are uh, you so sad? Uh, well, because Netflix. And uh, listen, even though it's nine episodes, there's I'm just so sure that there's going to be two of these that you can cut out. Man, you want to talk about falling from grace? Is there any like channel or network or streaming service where like that has like a worse batting average at this point than Netflix? They started out so good. You like, can't just. Make everything. Like, every show that they made when they first started was like, this is excellent TV. Now it's like like 20% of what they put out is good. Mike, why are you so sad? While this is new territory for TV and our shows of, like, a grounded take on Super... Like, we've read this to death in comics, and I don't know what new Raising Dion could do. Yeah, I hope there's a very smart, like, showrunner that has something to say. 
Arrow's eighth season will be its last, as the shortened 10-episode run will take us into Crisis on Infinite Earths, starring every star of every DC show ever. No Felicity this time, but the season will also introduce the Canaries, featuring Ollie's daughter, which will, is looking like will premiere next season. Oh, damn. Fucking shit. So they think everybody loved the future part of the episodes of last season, and went, we should make the show out of that. You, I do think there's spinoff potential, because that's all Berlanti thinks about. There's spinoff potential out of Arrow, but it's not the fucking future Canaries. Again, listening to our show, taking the wrong notes. Mm-hmm. Wait, if, if we want a Berlanti spinoff, we need the main character from that football show he made and Love, Simon as buddy cops. Oh, my God. Fuck. That'd be so good. I love Love, Simon. Can we just talk about Love, Simon for a second? Well, you should be on that one episode of Riverdale where everyone talked about Love, Simon. <laughs> Did you buy your tickets to Love, Simon? <laughs> hey, we got to go to Love, Simon over here. Why is the school selling tickets to Love, Simon? I don't know. I better you buy one. I love <laughs> Simon. Um, I like, yeah, we talked about this with Raising Dion. Nine episodes. This is ten episodes. This is how every Arrow season yes. probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think that I'm going to get a little verklempt about, like, this is it, guys. Every episode is kind of a big deal now. Expect tears every week. This is Arrow is the reason that our show formed. It was The Walking Dead, Arrow, and S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I fucking love this show. I love Oliver Queen. I love Stephen Amell. It's going to be, whew. I I think this will be the season I jump back in, just to see. (laughs) Just to see. And I mean, like... these guys talking about <laughs> what's going on over there but for reals we have no choice as the like the three panelists on this show to make a very big deal about crisis right like yeah it's gonna be the biggest oh, thing shit. we've ever gotten and I, it, it looks like that this is all gonna be a send-off to arrow our granddaddy and then also a build-up to crisis so that does make sense taylor yeah that's dope why are you happy that arrow's coming back uh, because it, it's leaving. But, yeah, because it's, because of the last season, and you know they're gonna pull out all the stops. They've been like showboating and like kind of uh, shuffling their feet a little bit for the past couple seasons. Let it all out, blow them up, Michael. Uh, I am so happy it's ending. It's gone on for probably three or four seasons too long. Taylor, why are you sad? Arrow's coming back. Uh, because it has gone on for three or four seasons too long, <laughs> and I'm worried that it's just going to keep up that momentum. Wait, was your sad Mike's happy? Was Mike happy about <laughs> the fact it's gone three <laughs> or four it. seasons too long? It, yeah. Mike, why are you sad? I am so sad to lose one of my best friends and the guy who I wanted to give my best man toast at my wedding, Stephen Amell, from my weekly docket. That feels harsh. I bet whoever did actually give the toast did a really good job. There's no salmon laddering, though. That's true. And that is the fall TV a preview. You just viewed those things pre-what. Now we're going to move on to another little segment called The Pool List. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off first is Preacher. On the penultimate episode of Preacher ever, God fucks his way through Jesse, Cassie, and Tulip, giving them each their own special kind of torture. He rips Cassidy apart and leaves them as guts on the ground. He bets Tulip she can't keep her temper for an entire minute <laughs> and then gets her to shoot him before the minute is up. And then he throws Jesse into some walls. For some reason, God's go-to move is throwing people into walls. All of this leads to everyone being at Masada for next week's final showdown. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What would God's perfect torture for you be? I, it would probably be, if my current life is any indication, send me to a tropical fish store and tell me you can't buy any of these. <laughs> oh, God, bud. I can't even imagine that for you. It's just, I want to buy all of them so bad. Uh, I think it would be to watch the two of you and Greg like barbed wire tied to a rock and have to watch somebody kill you guys and then zoom out and realize it's me who's been killing you. Oh, no. Jesus, fuck, dude. Mine was fun. What the fuck? No. Was, mine, was mine not fun? Mike's was harsh, but Taylor, you not being able to buy any of those fish, that, that is heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to buy any of these fish. Do you know why you can't? Not even the guppy. You're not allowed to buy them anymore is because you think that Fish should have eyelids, but they don't. 
So every yeah. fish you buy, you will staple eyelids to them, and they're not going to let you buy fish anymore. They're not going to know what it's like if I don't show them. So when somebody says in a TV show, uh, I'm going to put a minute timer on, and you're going to lose your temper, that freaks me out, especially in a show like Preacher, because uh, they're not going to fucking nail that, right? They're not going to stick the landing. Yeah. We know that Tulip's going to lose her temper, but it's going to be terrible. Of course. And so he's like, you're a bitch. You're a whore. And she's like, okay, cool. You're a criminal. You suck. I hate you. I'm God, and I hate you, Tulip. And then just before the minute is up, he's like, do you remember Dallas? Oh, your baby died. I killed your baby. Do you want to know the reason? I'll tell you the reason. No, wait, you know what? I can't remember why I did it. And she fucking put seven bullets right in his face. And it did it. It stuck the landing of that minute. Yep, that is the way to do that. Holy shit. God sucks in this show. I think that next... In this show? <laughs> this show called Life. Uh, I think that you guys are going to be fine next week. We're going to cover Preacher as the main event because it's going out. Yeah. Um, you guys will just... So little has happened and so little has actually like changed right. that you guys will not miss a single beat. I've watched every like third or fourth episode of the season and been like, yep, I haven't missed anything yet. Which is... Cr- like, Then what were you doing in those episodes that Taylor wasn't watching? Like, That's crazy. More sphincters. <laughs> Ryan, is your hell getting just like dropped in a pit full of feet? Yeah, it's just empty feet. I don't know what an empty foot is. Yeah, buddy, what do you think a full foot is? No soul. No soul in those feet. What's going, what's going on in your head? I need to, I need to understand more. Ryan, feet have no soul. Ryan, what is your moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, God's really pissing everybody off except for Jesus, who would, and I don't know if you guys have ever like gone through something like this, but really wants his dad's affection. Okay, Uh, we are all sort of going through this, watching our president just wish that his dad loved him. Um, But Jesus knows that God loves Humperdue because he can dance. And so (laughs) Jesus says, oh, yeah. And then uh, gives Hitler a ghetto blaster, throws some cardboard on the ground. That one song that nobody knows who does it, that one like. Uh, And breakdance is like a fucking champion. And God's like. Okay, cool. Is, is that it? Okay, goodbye, Jesus. Like, and then Jesus is about to cry. And you would think that they would have the best father-son relationship of all time. But no, they're missing the Holy Ghost. Uh, well, uh, Preachers on AMC on Sunday nights. It's series finale is next week. Tune in. We'll be doing that for the main event. Now we move on to Titans. This week on Titans, with the reemergence of Dr. Light, the old Titans reluctantly returned to the Titans Tower to strategize against their old enemy. But the secrets of the Titans past threatened to tear apart this newly formed team from within. Taste buds, I ask you this. What secrets from our past could tear us apart? <laughs> this feels like a lot like the torture one. I feel like if God was torturing me, that would tear us apart. <laughs> Maybe we should share questions before we record a show. I think the secret would be that I paid every fish store in the nation... Uh, $50 each to never sell Taylor Fish. <laughs> what? Come on, buddy. I'm That's... sorry, dude. <sighs> well, why? I, I chopped up all those feet, put them in a pit, and shoved Ryan in. We do. I think that the reason that we're best friends forever is because we skipped the part where we grew Because of age difference and location, we skipped the part where we all fucked each other's like, uh, love interests. Uh-huh. And that's like what has brought us together. I, I do not believe that. I do not believe that even <laughs> for a second. Wait, you think I also fucked your mom? Yes. Good call. Uh, Titans is on DC Universe. It's a show. Your next show this week is Pennyworth. On this week's episode of Pennyworth, Alfred, Thomas, and Martha become entangled in an assassination plot against Lord Harwood. What? Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you even know what what role Lord Harwood played in history? Uh, Yeah, he he was the one who, like, killed that powder keg to start World War I. Good guess. You're in the same era. Taylor? Uh, he, like a labor organizer? Okay. So it's sort of a combination between both of... No, I'm just kidding. He was fucking made up. There's no Lord Harwood in yeah. history, you idiot. Yeah, that makes sense. God damn it. God damn it. All right, fine. Well, who is he really? Oh, he uh, he invented... <laughs> there was a time where uh, all basketball players played in swimming pools, and yeah. then he invented the hardwood floor, and then they could stand and dribble the ball. God damn it. Pennyworth what is a villain. What a true villain. Pennyworth is on the channel Epics on Sunday nights. Your, it's a real channel. It's a real channel. You can get it. You can pay money to receive it on your TV. 
Your next and final show this week is Fear the Walking Dead. On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Virginia creates a documentary of her own to lure people to join her group, causing Morgan's group to begin creating a new documentary to counter Virginia's documentary. Tom finds his sister, but shortly after gets dropped off a bridge, Virginia offers info on Sherry, and the gang gets trapped in an Old West village and forced to call Virginia for help. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How many more Old West villages do you think will be in the last episode of Fear the Walking Dead this season? Seven. Seven. Whoa! <laughs> That's such... Wow, you guys are real weird. I can't believe we didn't watch this episode. That it's sounds bananas. It's the second to last episode of a season of a Walking Dead universe show. It, the whole lot's happening. There's documentary fights. Yeah, I'm just so... I'm, I'm, I'm glad finally one of our shows is tackling the brutal nature that is documentary v. documentary. <laughs> I know. Do- the documentary episode is now on the list of like something that all shows have to do. You know, like you have to have your Christmas. You have to have there's these, like these certain tropes you have to do. Um, documentary is now one, but Fear the Walking Dead kicked it up a notch and had dueling docs. Uh, they are uh, in this episode. Tom dies, who we all miss. Tom, a character that we have all known for a very long time mm-hmm. and definitely understand who he is. Uh, it is my understanding that he died falling off a bridge while trying to take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking and, millennials. And, and I, Pokemon goaded. And, and I saw that in a recap, and I, I read no more into it, because I'm sure that that is not actually what happened, but it is close enough that I want it to be true. We can't watch Fear the Walking Dead next week. Well, we can't focus on it because Preacher's going away forever. Yeah. But are you guys a little sad that we're not watching the Fear finale instead of the Preacher finale? I think I'm, yes. I think I'm going to watch both just to see. I'll do it too then. I'll, I want to see the audience reaction to the documentary. Yes. What, who's going to get the golden uh, palm at Cannes? But it's important to note that although I will watch the Preacher finale and may watch the Fear of the Walking Dead finale, I will not be watching the Pennyworth finale. No, fuck I want to make that clear right now. Yo, you know what his Pennyworth? Fucking nada. Two dimes. All right. Fear of the Walking Dead is on Sunday night on AMC's. That is it for this show. Tune in next week for a whole bunch of other stuff. Before we get to that, how about some little advertisements? If you like this show, you should go to yourpodfilter.com. It's a website where you can go and find all of our podcasts and also some various articles. If you want to help us out financially, you go to yourpodfilter.com slash Amazon. It's just like regular Amazon, but helps us out a little bit more. If you want a more direct way of sending us stuff, subscribe to our Patreon. We have a bunch of bonus stuff on there for our subscribers, uh, bonus shows and articles every week, so you should definitely subscribe to that. You should also go to socialmedia.com. Socialmedia.com. You actually can go to yourpopfilter.social. It has all of our social media info on it. What? Right? I did that. I did that. Uh, and also, you can go to Twitter at yourpopfilter or Instagram at yourpopfilter. Follow us there. You can also contact us by email at contact at yourpopfilter.com or by a phone number that is 1562-DR-DJ-POP. That's 1562-DR-DJ-P-O-P. He's a little robot associate. He takes all of our messages for us and relays them to us. One of his hands is a... D's nuts. And his other hand is a... Those nuts. And he's got D's those nuts. And that is how you do it. Next week, we will be covering... The Preacher season finale to find out if Jesse will save the world from God. Uh, also, Martha Wayne might be getting preggers. And will Fear the Walking Dead finally find their home? Find a home. Just find Just a home. find a home. What are we doing? Find a home. It's so easy. That's what I do every time I walk by homeless people on the street. It's like, find a home. Find a home. Buddy, find Just a, a home. Come on. Gee, what, what does it cost? $20? Just find $20 and find a home. And with that, we are done for Mike. I'm Ryan for Ryan. I'm Taylor for Taylor. I'm Greg for Greg. We are the world, baby. Mm, Killing it. Just murdering. Just everything that we can see. We're just a bottle of rage. White rage. That's what they call me. Oh, God. Oh, no. That has connotations. Uh, Now that the show's over and I can just drop my whole character thing, you can't say white rage anymore. Why not? What's the Joker movie made it so we can't see? Oh, the Joker. You know what? That's these fucking Joker social justice warrior liberals. Who are social all, Joker warriors. Who are, who are all supporting Joker. Ugh. Can't, you know what? We need real movies again. Like a, a boy called <laughs> Joker. I can't. I couldn't think of a single name of a movie. I couldn't think of a single real movie. I couldn't think of a single real movie. Okay, so... 
now that we're done, I want to tell you guys uh, the story of the 10 minutes leading up to me finding out that Spider-Man had rejoined the MCU. So first, I'm sitting in my office, which uh, is what I call the Starbucks that is close to my apartment. And they start just playing over the speakers. Curtis blows the brakes, which is just a, a crazy song to be playing in public because that's a weird song. Well, also, I mean, the song that is most associated with you. Yes. Out of all songs of all time. I right? heard it. I heard it and, and, I, and immediately began losing my mind. I mean, you will. I would say 50% of the time you are talking like yourself. The other half you are talking to the tune of yeah. Curtis blows the brakes. Brakes on a car, brakes on a train. Like that. And, and so the, it's playing that, and everyone's acting like this is a normal thing, and it's not a crazy thing that's happening. Uh, I then saw the re, the stupidest Trump tweet that's ever existed, which was him like talking about like his apostrophe. He called his apostrophe a hyphen. Yeah. And like quibbling little, over little, little apostrophe. Yeah. It, it was. It, it really it broke my brain, and that was a stupid tweet to see. And then as I'm, like, reckoning with this, Steve from Stranger Things walks into the, the coffee shop. Yeah. What? And he's hanging... Little apostrophe Benny Schwaz? Little, little Benny Schwaz. Uh, and he's hanging out with his friends who all look exactly like you would imagine that dude's friends look. I'm sure that they're lovely. I'm sure that they awesome. are lovely people. But I, w- they- I would guess, like, uh, great, all great hair and nonstop high fives. Pretty much, yeah. One of them has a mustache. <laughs> It's that sure, and you can't yep, tell if it's it, ironic. It, 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 that was all happening. I then read. Uh, I was listening to the new Sturgill Simpson album, mm-hmm. uh, and found out that it is a a musical departure from his other music, and B because he no. soundtracked it to an anime film that he wanted to make with the guy who made Afro Samurai, and it's all on Netflix. So indie country superstar. Sturgill Simpson decided to make a anime cyberpunk hard rock album that is set to a movie to so release that. Like, at, yes, at he's Neo Chris Gaines at this moment, and like I would say, we're halfway through your story. Uh, five minutes into the ten minutes before you learn about Spider Man, you're having one of the most Los Angeles moments of all time. Yes. Like was, Los Angeles is shooting through you as if you're in a little cube flying to the yes. Star Vega. The, the, the last thing that happened right before I found out that Spider-Man had rejoined the MCU after Sony greenlit a Madam Web movie was that a man walked up to me while I was sitting there processing all of this and he said, Hey man, do you know where I could get some crack? <laughs> wow. <laughs> LA, LA, And LA. so that is the 10 minutes that led up to me learning that Spider-Man had rejoined the MCU. I want to cut, I wish we filmed that whole story and then cut it with uh, like clips of the LA Confidential detectives trying to figure out what's going on. And like that was the big mystery. Like you, this goes deeper than you'll ever know. What the fuck is this? Sturgill Simpson doing crack. All the way to the top. That just sounds like a Billy Joel song. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson doing crack.